this is the angry GM, and this here is the supplemental question and answer portion of the proofread aloud of my feature article, A Campaign Manager's Guide to Selfishness. And now I am going to invite people to selfishly ask questions and make comments while I selfishly answer them and respond. And I have a question from Naja Freeman. You mentioned people going through the motion out of comfort. How do you assess how, pe how people really are with the game? I found that asking for opinion at the end of the game is also part of this going through the motion where everyone says it was good, but it feels like five out of five and you gave your Uber driver, you blah, 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 Tell me how to, or tell me that you missed the point in five lines of text. Holy shit, you missed the ending. This is it. You don't. You have no idea how happy your players are. If they're lying to you, they're lying to you. Okay? And you're not responsible. That's the important thing. No, the most important bit is to recognize every human being has to assume responsibility for their own happiness scale just like you do. If your players are not enjoying the game and they are lying to you, there is nothing you can do about it. You're just fucked because now you're waiting for the ticking time bomb of these people deciding they're miserable and then starting an unrelated fight and then just breaking up your group because that's how this stuff eventually manifests. The misery won't manifest with someone saying, I'm just not happy. I'm going to leave. And the reason most people won't say that, by the way, is out of politeness. Nobody wants to hurt the game master's feelings by saying, I'm not happy because this. And that is exactly what I was saying about how toxic all of this politeness becomes in social situations where you don't start from self-interest. So your players lie to you because they don't want to hurt your feelings when they wouldn't hurt your feelings if they just said to you something simple like, you know what, we could use a little more action in the game. We could use a little more combat. This is a little bit boring and I like to fight. But they won't say that because they don't want to hurt your feelings. And you'll ask them for their opinions, but you won't push them when you know that they're not giving you honest opinions because you can tell just by looking at their face that they're not really happy and they're not really engaged. But what can you do? You can't force it out of them. You can't torture them for their opinions. And you can't guarantee they won't lie. So you just keep tinkering and tinkering and trying different things and guessing, and they keep getting more and more miserable because they won't tell help that you know they won't tell you what's wrong because no one's just being friggin' honest because everybody's afraid of hurting everybody else's feelings. So, uh, what was the question? Oh, so how do you assess how happy people really are with the game? You don't. This is the thing. At the end of the day, when you ask someone a question and they give you the answer, you have to assume they're being honest. That's all you can do. You can do nothing else. You have to assume everybody is working in good faith, which means the more important thing you can do is create an environment wherein your players can tell you how they're feeling without fear that they will hurt your feelings or upset you or break your game, okay? That is much harder. You have to nurture social trust. Fortunately, I'm writing a nine-month series about how to do all this shit. So if what you're typing right now into the Q&A thread is asking me, how do I do that? The answer is going to be, keep reading until September.
It was, wasn't it? Because he suddenly stopped typing. As soon as I started saying that, I saw Nadja Freeman started typing. And then like, I know what's coming now. He's going to, well, how do I do that? It's going to be, well, I can't explain it in a five-minute speech. I need several 5,000-word articles to explain this shit. That's why I'm writing the series. This was literally, okay, the whole point of this was literally just to convince you as game masters to just start being honest. If not with your players, then at least with yourselves. To be able to say to yourself something like, I'm not actually happy here. Beth annoys the shit out of me. Or I'm not really happy here. I'd rather be doing this. Or I'd be much happier if we changed systems. Or I'd be much this, that, whatever, okay? So many GMs, because again, GMs are inherently selfless, have trouble doing that. They have trouble even admitting to themselves, I have needs and wants, and they are valid in pretend elf games. Because once again, none of this is psychology, none of this is real life, none of this is life advice. Don't use this to improve your own position by learning a thing or two about assertiveness. But if you do see mirror, like reflections of your non-pretend elf self here in what I'm saying, and think that you might want to look into other things to improve things other than pretend elf games, look into taking assertiveness training or an assertiveness course, because that's the point. Assertiveness, by the way, is finding the balance between making demands of the world and acquiescing to the world. It's about balancing your needs with everyone else's so that everything is on an evil playing, or even, not evil, everything is on an even playing field. Okay, if nobody types a question or a comment, then I will have nothing. Oh, here we go. Diego, if one player, if one is a player but is not getting their time's worth of enjoyment in the game, I take it that it would also be left best leaving the game rather than continuing selfishly for the sake of the game. No, that's not necessarily the case. Okay, if you are sitting at the game and you are not enjoying the game, like what did I just say to Naja? Okay, this is where it all starts. It starts right friggin' here. If you're sitting at that table, you're not having fun, okay? You're just not enjoying this game very much. The first thing to do is go to the game master and say, I am not having fun. And here's why I think that is. It may end badly. You may upset the GM, okay? I can't promise you won't. Okay, you may be the only one feeling that way. It may end with the GM saying, then maybe this isn't the game for you. But it also may end with you totally shocked when your GM says, hey, thanks for telling me. No one's been giving me any feedback. I thought you were all having a good time. Can I have a few minutes to just ask everybody else how they feel about this? And if it really is an issue, then we'll talk about how to solve it. Because that's pretty much how I would do it if I was a GM. So no, this is not about the best thing to do is just to walk away, okay? The best thing to do is to start by giving voice to your honest feelings. There are ways to do that politely. There are ways to do it impolitely. And as a game master, 
your job, because you are the president of a social club, is to know enough about people and social situations and things so that when you do have to go to your players and do things like this, you can make you can try to do your best to lead to the best outcome. Okay, because obviously, if I walk to my game master, I say, you know what, honestly, I've been thinking your game sucks. It's just boring. There's not enough combat. combat. I don't care about it. If you don't fix it, I'm leaving. Well, the game master is not at that. You already lost the game master. They, that is never going to be resolved. Unless your game master is so friggin' magnanimous that they can look past all of that and say something like, well, he's obviously just angry and he, I shouldn't take this personally. So let's see if I can get this down to what his objections really are and maybe recover the player. Which is, again, something I'd like to think I would do. But as a matter of fact, if a player did come to me with that sort of attitude, I might not think it's worth it. it depends on the player. You know, I might just turn around and say, you know what? Fuck you. Get out. You know, if you want to tell me about my game politely, that's one thing. But, you know. <coughs> and it's the same with being a game master. Uh, excuse me a second. I just need to take a drink. It's the same with being a game master. Um, and that means, like, if I have to resolve a conflict with a player, I have to know most people suck at conflict resolution, and most people won't apologize even if they're wrong, especially if they're wrong. And my goal isn't to get an apology or, or anything else. My goal is just to get past the conflict so that the game can continue, which means sometimes taking some shit from the player and sometimes giving them wide latitude and sometimes coaching them through the laborious process of just teaching them how to actually communicate their friggin' needs like an adult, okay? That, unfortunately, is part of the, the job of a campaign manager. It's like being a manager at, at work, okay? Which is why, again, you have to have this awareness of your own scale in your head. Because the minute that a player is demanding so much coaching and so much work to get them to fit into the play dynamic, that it's just a chore and you don't want to do it anymore, the game's ruined for you. And if the game's ruined for you, you're going to ruin it for everybody. And so the kindest thing you can do for the most people at that point is to cut that player loose and say, look, you need to learn a thing or two about social interaction, and I'm not the person to teach you. You need to go find a group that's more you. <laughs> and again, there's ways to do it politely, and there's ways to do it impolitely. And you can try to minimize hurt feelings, um, but... You know, you can only do so much. Now, Jeff Freeman, you spoke a lot about free time and its value. Do you set for yourself some kind of loose D&D prep time time budget? No. I mean, yes, but no. No, because, like, you can't, didn't, like, I also said that don't try to do this with numbers and math, didn't I? You know, like, it doesn't work that way. There are some weeks when I know I'm just putting in way too much prep time. And there's some weeks when, you know, it's just, you know, it's just what I have to do, you know? So, no, I don't do anything like setting a D&D prep time budget. But when I start to feel like I'm setting, you know, spending too much time on prep, then I walk it back before I become miserable. 
Okay. This, this is a thing too, is learning how to pay attention to how you feel about your game. Okay. Pay attention when you're getting ready for your game and when you're running the game and after the game is done, what are you feeling? Okay. Are you looking forward to the game or are you dreading it? And why are you dreading it? Are you just dreading it for normal anticipatory pain reasons? Or is there something specific that you're dreading? Are you dreading dealing with Karen that night? And are you dealing, are you dreading that every night? Anyway, I got to move on. I'm going to take one more question because I'm being told I have a five minute warning. So there's one more question here. It's from Guy Quayle. Um, what are the drawbacks and conflicts of interest that arise when a GM maintains a personal friendship with players? Okay, the drawbacks and conflicts of interest are this. If you are friends with your players and then a conflict arises in the game, it may cost you a friendship. That's it. It's as simple as that. Okay, and I lied. By the way, when I said that in the game, in the article, it was a joke. I am very good friends with my players. I do not want to spend my leisure game fun time with people I don't want to be friends with. Okay, so I am very, very, very close friends with my players. Um, and sometimes we have conflicts at the game table that arise out of the game table. Things like, look, you're you're disrupting my game or you're not paying attention and I need you to pay attention. I need you to stop disrupting my game. And then the player comes to me after he's like, you know, you really embarrassed me, you know, and honestly you take your game too seriously and stuff. And now we're having a fight. And now instead of this being me managing a game, I'm navigating a, a conflict with a friend with all of the personal feelings that entails. But I also would not recommend that people run campaigns for people they aren't friends with. If you, run a, if you want to run a run shot or a short game or a stranger game or whatever, um, then by all means do that for strangers. But, you know, like when it comes to campaigns, who the hell else are you going to do with it? Do it with. You gonna do it with strangers? You can't spend six months playing a game with a stranger without them either becoming a friend or without you hating them. So anyone who lasts long enough to stay in your campaign will become your friend. Um, so, you know, this is the problem too, is that there's conflicts of interest and drawbacks in all of this. If you decide that, you know what, I don't want to be friends with my players, I'm just going to take money from these people. I'm just going to become a GM for hire. Well, congratulations. Now, every time you have a conflict with a player, instead of worrying, am I going to lose a friend, you have to worry, can I buy groceries this week because is this going to affect my income? If this conflict becomes a thing where I've upset Chris and Beth walks because Chris walks and now the game falls apart, and now I have lost the income from five players, <laughs> you know, you think that's going to affect the decisions I make? But, I mean, there's just no avoiding it. And that's, that's, again, the point I made in the article. Everything is cost-benefit. Everything has a cost. Everything has a risk. There's no way to avoid it. There's no way to preempt it. There's no way to protect yourself from it. There is no way to protect yourself from ever losing a friend. If you have friends, eventually you will lose a friend. A friend will break your, your heart, your, your like platonic heart, okay? Someday it will happen. You cannot have social relationships without making yourself vulnerable to emotional disaster. But most people 
cannot be happy without friends. So, the cost of being happy in life is making yourself vulnerable to emotional disaster. And on that happy thought, I will end this Q&A. Thank you, Proselys, for producing. Thank you, everybody who asked questions. Um, and I will see you again next week. And by the way, the next topic on, on in True Campaign Mastery is actually about, you know, whether how you design your game. It's not any of this social shit, okay? Though, it, actually, the, the, the next article is whether or not you give your players a say in the game you're running which is why I kind of had to lean in with, you know what? It's actually not inherently wrong for you as a game master to be selfish. And that's it. That.